You know, I just want to say again, um, God sees and God knows. He sees what's going on in your heart. He sees the burdens. He sees the challenges. He sees our sin. He sees our rebellion. He sees everything and he knows everything. And he keeps pursuing us. He keeps meaningfully trying to break into our world and show us who he is. Because we need to know him. Uh, We need to see him as he's walking by. And so sometimes in the services, if God's doing something, uh, we just want to pause. And what I saw was that several people were standing, not just Hispanic background people, but uh, Caucasians, Anglos, uh, African-Americans, different people were standing. There was something stirring of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, you know, it's just inappropriate to keep going down another road. If God's doing something, we want to pause. And, um, and we want to continue to be sensitive to that. And, uh, and that would I encourage you this morning. If, if God touches your heart in some way, just pause. Take it in. Let, let God do what he wants to do because we are uh, family here and this is a family room. Well, hey, speaking of family, it was a big family week for us. We had our fifth grandchild, first granddaughter born on Thursday. And there she is. Hazel Lily Lane, what a beauty, isn't she a cutie? Wow, uh, healthy baby, healthy mom. There's mom and dad and little brother Jesse, and uh, he points, baby, baby, baby. And so we are praying that he will treat that baby kindly and gently uh, and with great care. Uh, so the beautiful Lane family, so proud of these guys. And then also, though, it just so happened that um, our oldest daughter and son-in-law, they went away for a week, and we had agreed already to take the kids. So we had quite a busy week with all the grand boys. Next picture, I think we've got our grandsons there and little Hazel in Laura's arms. And there they are. And this was taken yesterday when mom had returned. You can see Elias longing for mom. uh, In He's the little front guy there. So there's our, all of our clan. And then uh, Abby, our oldest daughter as well, uh, she is now, I think, 15 weeks pregnant with granddaughter number two. So we are expanding as a family, and it is such a joy for us. And you know, um, when I talk about that, for us, it's, it's specifically meaningful because when Laura and I were engaged and um, we're looking forward to marriage and future family, because of some complications in Laura's physical life, the doctor said, hey, you probably won't be able to have children. And in the midst of that, it was, of course, devastating, but we met with God and we said, look, okay, if we can't have natural children, we'll adopt, we'll foster, we'll definitely invest in people's lives and other kids. And and though there was a disappointment in that, we committed that to the Lord and said, Lord, but we would love our own natural children. And so every time there's a birth or a grandchild, we just pause and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we had, uh, we had all the grandboys this week, and I shocked them a little bit with gratitude. But before I say that, I do want to give a, another shout out to all the parents, current parents out there. After reparenting for a whole week, I'm like, wow, okay. So uh, it was, a, it was a, a one to two dishwasher loads uh, a day, uh, definitely um, one clothes washing a day. It was also... Um, um, you had diapers, you had pull-ups, you had inside, you had outside, and then the car seat thing. 
who in the world keeps adding gadgets to this car seat? I mean, you have to anchor it in. I had a friend after the first service say, the car seat thing's gotten so ridiculous with our kids. When they come and drop our kids, the kids off, they just give us the car because they can't figure out how to get the car seat out. I mean, that thing is ridiculous. I just want you to know, all you gotta do is slip the seatbelt through the back, bolt it in, and all of our kids survived just fine. They did great. I digress. All right, let me get back to... Uh, so I had all the grand boys around when we found out that, um, uh, that we were sitting down for an early dinner and word came that little Hazel had been born and healthy. And, and I just said, guys, it's right to pause. I said, Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. And I'm thinking back when the doctors told us that we couldn't have kids and we had four kids and now we have our, our coming our sixth grandkid and our fifth one was just born healthy and we just paused. I said, Lord, you're faithful. Lord, you're great. God, we're thankful. And I just go off for about, you know, 60 seconds, everything. And I open my eyes and first time in the whole week, all the boys were quiet. They were like, wow, <laughs> Pops is serious. Uh, with gratitude. You know, there's, uh, there's a need in our hearts to be grateful for every little thing that God does. And when we don't understand things and when things don't go our way, his faithfulness and, his, and our gratefulness for what he has done will carry us through for what we don't understand. There's something about gratitude and his faithfulness is so important. And this morning we're going to be taking a look at God revealing himself in our names and nature of God series is the great I am. I am who I am. The way maker God. And um, if you got a Bible open to Exodus 3, if you got, if you have a Bible, excuse me for that. My mom was an English teacher, by the way. I know it doesn't show. All right. Uh, Exodus Chapter 3, now Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Oreb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And listen, here's the thing, you guys. Every day, God is speaking. God is speaking. We're just not seeing. There is a burning bush. There is a revelation every day of God somewhere. Literally, when you get up and breathe, that's a revelation of God let alone some blessing in our life or somewhere that God's doing something. And my prayer is, actually just pray this with me, Lord, open our eyes and open our ears to see you. We pray a spirit of wisdom, revelation, the knowledge of you. The eyes of our heart would be enlightened that we would know the hope of your calling and the glorious riches of your inheritance and in the saints. And when you are stirred by God, by some little thing that he does, you gotta stop and turn. What if Moses would have walked by? Whoa! I mean, you know, I believe in the sovereignty of God that God sovereignly has set it up that he's going to find someone that will respond to him and then fulfill his purpose. It may not have been Moses that was the deliverer, maybe somebody else, if Moses wouldn't have stopped and turned. So when God's speaking, stop, pause, and turn. Okay, here we go. Uh, Moses said to the Lord, here I am. Verse 5, then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place in which you're standing is holy ground. Again, when God speaks, stop, pause, 
and lean down and say, God, I'm here, and it's holy ground because it's God who is leading, God who is speaking. That's what makes the ground holy because he's holy. So he says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Verse 7, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I've given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I'm aware of their sufferings. Now here's something great that you need to know about God, is that God not only is speaking to meet your need in the moment, but he is intending to meet somebody else's need through the revelation he shows to you in your need. It's never just about you. It's deeply about you, but it's so that you might also be a blessing to somebody else. Always about him and them. Verse 10, therefore come now and I'll send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. Then Moses said to God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel and I'll say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name and what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial name to all generations. Now, if you go way back in the beginning of the series, that name of God is where we get the word Yahweh, which is eventually we get the word Jehovah. It's God's name, and he's naming himself. But the meaning of the, the name, I am who I am, literally means that God is, period. <laughs> I am whatever, fill in the blank. I am your provider, I am your forgiver, I am your leader, I am your way, I am all of these things. And I wrote down a few things just to try to grasp the I am. I said when God states I am who I am, he is stating, <coughs> excuse me, that he is the eternal one who has no beginning or no end. He is the creator of all things, therefore he deserves full lordship in all things. I am speaks clearly to his omnipotence, which means he is all-powerful. It speaks to his omnipresence, which means he is everywhere. It speaks to his omniscience, which means he is all-knowing, and he is all-knowing now and for all time. God is constant. He is the I am of the past, the I am of the present, the I am of the future. He is infinite, and God transcends all earthly patterns and ways. He's not like us. We think one way, God thinks another way. He is, he is uh, uh, committed to his patterns and his ways. Therefore, he is Lord of creation, salvation, redemption, and eternity. He is beyond us, and by his grace, he has made a way to be with us, and us with him now and forevermore. Amen. Here's a few good thoughts about God to help you and to clarify. To, uh, you know, a lot of times people say, well, how do you know God? Or, or, or what's important in um, posturing ourselves to know God? Obviously, the word of God and our responsiveness to him. So I want to review with you a few key thoughts in order to make him central in your life to benefit from I am. You got to know a few things. Number one, that he is God and you are not. Everybody say, I am not God. There we go, good. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, not you. Isaiah 64, verse eight, but now, O Lord, you are our father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and all of us are the work of your hand. <laughs> wow, 
God is God and we are not. The second thing we need to know about God is he is always right and his word is true. Man, this is going to encourage you. Psalm 19, 7 through 10. The law of the Lord, the word of God, God reveals himself. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. Woo! I remember one lady, she lost her, her husband in an untimely death. And she said, God, what do I do? I don't know. I hurt so bad. And, and the Lord said, my law is perfect, restoring the soul. So she just read through the Bible four to five hours a day. She said in four or five months, she was back to wholeness by the grace of God. Doesn't mean she didn't miss him. Doesn't mean it's too painful. But God's word can restore your soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making the wise simple. The precepts of the Lord are right rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean. Woo, anybody want to be clean? The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. They're more desirable than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Wow, all right. My deal is, I like this preach today, so I'm going to get excited about it. You're welcome to join me if you'd like to. But this is just, whoa. A few other things you know about God is the I am. His ways are higher than your ways and my ways. Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. When we are caught up in this spinning cycle of our own thoughts, probably stop and find out what God thinks about what's going on with you. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth that will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Wow, isn't that great? So here's the deal. One of the things that I'm committing to is saying, God, I want every thought to be subject to your word. I want every attitude to be submitted to you. I want whatever I'm thinking about, if it's not your way, would you get me in your way? Would you give me your thought instead of my thought when it's leading me south instead of north to you? Right? Because God has the answers for everything, so let's find out what he has to say about it. And then that allows us to pray it over ourselves, declare it, and walk in his ways. Um, a few other things. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. Very familiar passage. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he's a rewarder of those who seek him. Wow, the Lord is my portion, my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. The Lord has counseled me. I've set the Lord ever before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. God rewards the, the person, the man or the woman who seeks him with his grace, with the knowledge of his heart, with renewal, with strength, with hope and help. And again, that does not mean that our lives are not challenging. It just means that he is enough to pull us through the challenge when we seek him. I could go on and on, but here's just um, 
One last little thing on the introduction. This isn't the message. This I'm just getting going. So he will have the last word for all eternity. Whoa. All right. You ready? Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat upon it from whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. Here's one certainty, every one of you are gonna die. So am I. This is going to happen, all right? Now, unless the Lord comes back while we're still here and returns in the, and, 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 and we see him in the sky, but we're all gonna die. So here's the deal. When we die, we come before the throne of God whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, and how you responded in this life will determine heaven or hell. And you could say, I'd rather not talk about that, but I, it's not my idea. It's the way that God created eternity and heaven and earth. I'm just the messenger. So here's the warning. As we all stand before our throne on that last day, it says the books will be opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books. Skip down a couple of verses later. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is serious. Okay? So it matters that in this life we trust God for who he is and the provision that he has made through the cross for forgiveness of sin so that when we take that last breath, we're ushered into eternity and the beauty and the purity and the perfection of God forever and ever and ever. And we become a part of the new heavens and the new earth instead of judgment, destruction, and hell in the lake of fire. God does not wish that on anyone but we make our own choices now to determine then. So I'm just letting everybody know ahead of time, choose Jesus now. Which brings me to number seven in this weird outline here, that in the bigness of God, in Jesus, he provides grace for all through the journey of life. So as we look at God and his awesomeness, his bigness and his greatness, in Jesus, we have grace to get there. We have grace to experience it. Jesus became sin on our behalf so that sin would not blind us no longer and we would have interest to the throne of grace. We have access to the mercy of God. Because all of us fail, because all of us fall short of the glory of God, God has provided himself as a sacrifice and a way maker for us when we do fail, when we do sin, we have grace to lean on and grace is not just a thing, but he's a person and his name is Jesus. Woo! Grace is the love, pleasure, and favor of God towards undeserving people and it is the power of God to do the will of God. Here's one of my new favorite passages, 1 John 2, 1 and 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, or my, my paraphrase, we, and when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. We have an advocate. He sits at the right hand of God Almighty praying for us. We have an advocate that has already gone to the cross for us. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, and he himself is the propitiation, the, the one who removes our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. So the blood of Jesus is sufficient for eternity, but is sufficient for, moment, for this moment right now because I've been washed and forgiven by grace so that I can see God again and walk in the way that God has for me. Wow. 
So much good stuff. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but through me. So when God speaks to Moses and says, I am who I am, that's just a little bit of what he was saying. I am right. I am true. I am your God. I am your way maker. And in Jesus, I am your sufficiency, your forgiver, your restorer, your renewer, your hope, and your help. Woo, I need God. (laughs) And actually, so do you. All right. So let's go back to our story of Moses. When God was speaking to Moses, Moses needed to know in order to move forward, he needed to know three things. He needed to know that God was the God of the past, the God of the present, and the God of the future. So let's go back to our story, the God of the past. It says, Moses was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness to the mountain of God. So what was Moses doing with Jethro, his father-in-law, and why was he in another, uh, at this particular area? So again, you guys are familiar with the story of Moses. Moses was rescued from destruction. His mother put him in a basket. Pharaoh's daughter found him. He's raised in Pharaoh's house. He's raised as a son of the house, and his own mother was then tapped uh, sovereignly by God to be his nursemaid. And so Moses raised, is uh, um, raised in Pharaoh's household. So, but he has this calling, and he knows he's an Israelite by birth, and the Israelites are being enslaved by Pharaoh, and they're being abused and mistreated, and something stirs of his calling to be a deliverer, but instead of asking God, how do I be the deliverer, he took it into his own hands, and you guys know the story. He sees this Egyptian abusing uh, an, uh, an Israelite. He ends up killing the Egyptian, burying him, thinking that he would get away with it. He's found out. Pharaoh then wants to take his life. He flees. He ends up in the wilderness, and he runs into uh, this family of Jethro, ends up marrying his daughter and raising his family, and he's living life when he has this encounter with God. So why is that so important? Because all of us are created by God, called by God, and gifted by God. It's when we try to take things in our own hands, whether it's our life or our calling, that we end up failing. And when we end up failing doing life our way, in, in, our, in our way, we end up blaming God or blaming somebody else for it instead of meeting God and being forgiven and moving forward. And you'll, you see the impacts of this um, in Exodus chapter 4 when God then not only calls Moses, but he starts talking to Moses about Um, what he needs to do. And here's Moses' kind of reviewing of the past. Exodus chapter four, Moses said to God, after God said, I'm gonna use you as a deliverer, he said, what if they won't believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So Moses' insecurity is coming out. The Lord said to him, what is in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground. It became a serpent and Moses fled from it. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he stretched out his hand, caught it, and became a staff in his hand. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent, nor recently, nor in times past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, You ready for this? Ready for this? Hang on. Hang on the story. Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf? Or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? If I created you and I've called you, be quiet. Do what I ask, because I've given you everything you need. 
Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. So Moses, you may be a stutterer, you may be slow of speech, you may be ungifted, but just follow me, trust me, and I'll give you what you need. But, but he said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will or by somebody else. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses, and he said, is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? He's coming now uh, to speak to you. So here's what happened. God's saying to Moses, Moses, I spoke to you, I met with you, I've called you, I've forgiven your past, you, you were stirred and you did it in a wrong way, but I'm reinstating you and giving you a way forward to enter into your calling, and Moses is so um, insecure and so wounded by his past that he can't see the God of the present. Many times we are so wounded and so broken by who said something mean in junior high that we can't get on our own two feet and follow God as an adult. That was kind of tough. All right, so let me, but we're all junior high kids, right? Laura and I would often say in raising our kids, we would say, you know, I felt rejected by the kids today. Well, so did I, you know, and we're sitting around, we're saying, we're a bunch of junior high kids. We got to be adults here. Get over it. And so we would say, all right, we're not going to be junior high kids. We're going to be adults. We're going to lead this family well. All right. Because we're called by God to lead the family. Therefore, there's grace to do it. So let's do it. So what I want to say to everybody here, there is no failure that's happened in your life that ultimately disqualifies you. There may be consequence. There may, may be a shifting of responsibility because of something you've done. There is consequence for sin in life. But God is the God of the recall, <laughs> the re-up. He's the God of not only the second chance of a thousand chances. He'll find another way to make a way forward for you to not only experience him, but to be able to serve in a meaningful way if you'll quit looking at yourself and you'll look up to God and follow him wherever he leads you. It's never over till you breathe your last breath. Therefore, God is constantly resurrecting his giftings and his callings and his dreams among those who believe him. And again, does anybody ever kind of say, God, you're a little harsher on Moses? I mean, the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. You know that story of the talents? Does that story bug you where one guy got five talents, one person got two, one person got one, and the one that five multiplies it, one two multiplies it, and the one that one, the one talent person, he buried it? And it says God came with anger towards the person who buried the talent, and he said, I gave you one talent, what did you do with these? So I knew you to be a harsh man, so I buried it in hopes that I would at least keep the little bit that I had. And the Lord said, take you wicked slave, take away that one talent and give it to the five or the person with two. And that seems so unfair in our therapeutic world. But what I want you to know is it's totally right because God's saying, look, if I gave you one talent, if you'll just trust me, if you'll trust me with that one talent, I'll not only be enough for you, but it'll be bread for others. And I'll multiply, and I've said this many times, I haven't done it in a while, but I said if the one talent person takes that and submits it to God, it becomes two talents. They submit the two talents, it becomes four, they become, four becomes eight, eight becomes 16, 16 becomes 32, 32 becomes 64, 64 becomes 128, 128 becomes 256, and so on and so forth, right? The one talent person submitted to God far surpasses the five talent person that doesn't obey God. Because all the talents are about God and all the giftings are about God and all the leadership's about God. It's whether the heart is submitted and believes. 
We are not humanists, my friends. We are born-again believers who have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have a God of faithfulness and forgiveness and a God of grace that actually takes our greatest failures and turns them to the greatest place of redemption to help people around us because it gives them hope that surely if God can work with a guy like Jimmy Seibert, surely he can work with me. You got it? All right. You kind of got it, but Lord, help us get it. How about that? All right. So he was the God of the past. He was trying to redeem Moses' past so that Moses could be ready for the present and the future. And then when he says, I am Moses, I am who I am, he is the God of the present. He's the God of the present. I love this scripture. Today, if you hear his voice, pause. (laughs) Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Let me say it another way. Today he is speaking. Are you listening? You are created in his image. If you know the Lord, the Holy Spirit lives within you. Therefore, he's speaking today. He is speaking right now. He is wanting to reveal himself. Every day he's wanting to reveal himself in some way to you. It could be the simplest thing of thank you for my salvation and grace today. Lord, thank you for hope today. Thank you for help. There's so many ways. But every day he wants to speak. Remember that the lie of the enemy is, to, is for you to believe that all, it, all that religion is is you doing the best you can with what you got. And I would say, according to the scripture, we have a good shepherd that's not only saved us, but put his Holy Spirit inside us. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. So every day I am listening and following according to God, uh, in and through God's word, but the Holy Spirit to lead, guide, and direct. Let me try to put this in a, a little context. Uh, last Sunday night we had a life group and um, we, we just said, hey, let's do a little exercise. You've heard us talking about it, Thanksgiving, worship and intercession. We said, let's see how God will reveal himself tonight to us. And these are all couples in their 50s. Um, uh, yep, I think count everybody's age. Yep, 50s. And uh, we're all still there. <coughs> and um, so we just said, all right, let's wait on God. And let's start with Thanksgiving. So we began to thank the Lord for different things. Thank you for family. Thank you for this deal, this thing, whatever. After that gratitude, we said, How does, what, is the, what is the common theme of our gratitude here? And we said, you know what? God is making a way for us. He's making a way for our family. He's making a way for us. And so we said, what are the scriptures about God being a way maker? All right? Of course, um, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. 1 Corinthians 10 said, no temptation has overtaken us, but which is common to man. But God will plant a way of escape. Isaiah 55, my ways are not your ways. Um, Psalm 103, it says, the sons of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew God's ways. Love that. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, which we'll talk a little more in depth later, said God makes a road way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Well, we start quoting these scriptures and man, worship's going on. Wow, you're the way maker. So of course, when we put on the song, way maker, of course. And so here we are, now we're singing, now we're in it. And then we say, okay, Lord, you're revealing yourself as the way today. And we said, all right, what if you have a need for God to make a way, start praying it and we'll get behind you. And we begin to pray 
into kids' lives, begin to pray into business decisions, begin to pray into some of our people in the nations. Now God was a way maker in our intercession, and we were praying in the very things that God was speaking to us, and he was meeting needs even right there. And as we evaluated the night, we said, wow, isn't God a great leader to those who follow? This is huge, you guys. So today, God wants to speak to you. Today, God wants to lead you. And what happens is when, we, when I say that, you think, but not me, but I don't hear God, but what about this, but what about that? One of the ladies in our group, um, she had this song come to her mind, an old Stephen Curtis Chapman song, said, uh, you know, uh, uh, faithful, he is faithful and true, my Redeemer is faithful and true. And we played it and sang it. And the, the, another couple said, that was the song that stirred us for adoption, all this stuff. And she said, wow, that, God put that in my mind. It encouraged me that I hear God. Because you were encouraged by what was given to me and it was given to you. And like, whoa, wow, we all hear God. All right. So here's the deal. God wants to speak to you right now, whether you're a failure, whether you're a success, whether you think you're great, or whether you think you're terrible. God wants to speak to you right now. So here's what we're going to do. Close your eyes. Especially those that are online as well. Just close your eyes. Just get into it. If you've got your family, pull everybody around the huddle. Close your eyes. I know that some of you clicked in online. I had such a deep impression this morning that you were desperate, hoping that something would break through. As we're just here quiet, we're quieting ourselves. We're saying, God, how would you speak to me? Just one other thing. I, I literally had a picture in my mind in the, in, at the beginning of this service of somebody literally trying to pull their hair out. You were so frustrated with yourself, so frustrated with another that you were pulling your hair out with such intensity. And I want you to know that God sees and God knows and he wants to speak to you right now. So wherever you are, we're just simply saying, Holy Spirit, would you come Reveal to us what we need to know right now about you. I'm just going to wait a few moments. God speak. Lord, thank you that you reveal yourself. Just stay in that posture, eyes closed, just focusing and listening. Just want to pray a few more things. Lord, I stand against all fear in my friends' lives in the name of Jesus. You didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I pray that the chains of fear would be broken now in the name of Jesus. And in my mind's eye, I see like you're walking in a circle around and around and around. And at the top of the circle, God is making a straight path. You're not going to keep going in a circle. 
You're not going to keep going in a circle. God will lead you out of this wandering in the wilderness if you'll just, just listen to his way. He's making a way. Thank you, Lord, that you're the way maker, that you're the shepherd, you're the leader, and you're leading my friends today by your precious spirit. Amen. That's sweet. God is the God of the past. He's the God of the present. We just experienced and he's the God of the future. Very common passage that we quote often around here is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for destruction, to give you a future and a hope. Wow. You see, God is the I am of the past. He is the I am of the present, and he's in your future. He's ahead of you. He's ahead of your failure. He's ahead of your success. He's already there. That's how big God is. And God has a future and a hope for every person created in his image. For every son or daughter, he has a future and a hope. And he has a way to get there. That's why we seek him. That's why we pray. That's why we call on his name. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 has been a Scripture I've carried over the last 12 months, and I've seen God use it powerfully, not only personally, but in settings like this. And I want us to read this and then respond together. Isaiah 43, 18, 19, don't call to mind former things. doesn't mean don't learn from former things. doesn't mean that God doesn't need to heal former things. But he's saying, don't let it dominate your mind. Don't call to mind former things or ponder things of the past, what you're not, what you did, what you didn't do. If you've confessed it, if you brought it into light, it's time to move forward. We're not pondering the things of the past. Behold, I will do something new. I may be old, but God's doing something new. Right? This is the nature of God. He's the God of the resurrection. He's always doing something new, not for the perfect, but for them that believe. Now it will spring forth. It'll bubble up inside of you by the Holy Spirit. Now this new thing will spring up to them that believe. Because again, the reason God put the Holy Spirit inside of us so he could be with us, but also that we could have direct access to the Father. We have unhindered community or communion with God because of the Holy Spirit. It's springing up every day to try to get us to look up and find the grace that we need. Will you not be aware of it? This is that Moses thing. God's speaking. He's walking by. He's trying to lead. He's trying to be aware of it, be, be, be saying, God, you're the God of the future. I'm not going to ponder the past. I'm not going to carry the baggage. I'm looking forward. Now I want to be aware, Lord, when you're leading. I will make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wow. I've been in a couple of situations in um, other auditoriums like this 
And in my mind's eye, I just see one, one uh, lane of, or whatever uh, aisle being a roadway in the wilderness and one being the river in the desert. And I was in uh, Scotland in this church uh, a few months ago, and I just, I walked in, and when I walked in, it's like I saw a wave of water coming in two rivers. And God says, it's an Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 night. And I was like, wow. And in my mind's eye, I see two rivers, roadway in the wilderness, river in the desert. So I kind of talk about that, preach about that, and I said, all right, everybody who needs a roadway in the wilderness, line up here. And everybody who needs a river in the desert, line up here. <laughs> and the roadway in the wilderness, people, I saw a, a lady who, um, God was really on this lady, Nigerian lady, an intercessor prayer lady. And I said, hey, would you just go down and pray over everybody? And the power of God, people were healed physically. People were um, undone, overwhelmed, just falling to the floor under the presence and power of God as this lady came down the line and prayed that God would make a roadway in their wilderness. They were finding the God of the present and getting hope for the future. And then the rivers in the desert, this crowd over here, it was like the the dam broke in the water system. It was just tears, just, you know, uh, rivers in the desert. What God was doing was he was taking a promise and manifesting his power to accompany it. It's one thing to understand who God is and to get it intellectually in our hearts. We renew our minds that way. And to stand on the promise of God, we do that no matter what. We're a people of God by faith. And it's another thing when God manifests his power in a way that then it touches uh, the very fiber of our being. And that's what we're praying today. Here in just a moment, we're going to have our ministry team come. We're going to pray for you. If you need a roadway in the wilderness, a river in the desert, if you need to know that there's a future and a hope for you, if you need strength in the midst of failure, today's your day. (laughs) Because God's wanting to pour out his power for you. Um. So let's all stand, and a band's going to come out here. There's a song that most of you are familiar with called Waymaker, but I just want to review real quickly. It was written by a Nigerian worship leader named Sanach, and she wrote this in 2015. It was about God's faithfulness, God making a roadway in the wilderness, God's promises being true. It was a beautiful thing. It went to about 100 million people, mainly in Africa, but Western folks had not heard the song. 2018, Michael W. Smith tells the story of his daughter saying, hey, this is my new go-to song. So he sang it at an event, and they came back to him at the end of 2019, a group of leaders, and said, we need you to record that for the radio. And he said, I was very hesitant to do it, but he said, I prayed about it. I knew it was the Lord for a moment. I didn't know what the moment was, but I knew we needed to record it. So they recorded as well as other artists did. And then in March... 2020, that song became number one on the Billboard charts uh, as Waymaker was the needed song of the moment. And what I love about that story is this. God speaks to a lady in Africa. God uses her powerfully. God speaks to another guy, and then he tells him to record it because the whole world's going to need it. The first people around the world to pick it up after the Africans was in Italy in the midst of their pain and so many people dying with, the, with COVID hitting them so hard. The Italian artists took it and they did it in Italian, then in Spanish, then in Portuguese. That song has gone around the world. Between that song, Waymaker, and The Blessing, they were songs that carried 
God's people throughout the pandemic. Isn't that amazing? God is the God of the future. He's one move ahead of us. So there's no need to despair the present. We just need to listen in the present because the future's already taken care of. He's one move ahead. He's one move ahead. Hey, if our prayer teams can come quickly to the front, be available. Prayer teams be available. We got prayer teams up on the landing up there. And here's some deal. God's the way maker, you guys. If you need to know this morning, if you need God to make a way for you, if you need a, somebody to pray with you and stand with you, if you are struggling right now, if you're here in the sound of my voice, you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Make your way down here. If you're online, call on the name of the Lord. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you need somebody to pray for you, make sure that you get prayer. Here's what I would say. If you were one of those people that were pulling your hair out, uh, I need you to come and get prayer. Whatever it is, if you need a way physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, don't be passive when God's here. God's power is available for those who respond. So Spirit of the living God, as we sing Waymaker and declare again that you're in our midst, I pray for your power to make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I pray your power to be poured out in this place this morning. I pray for healing, freedom, and strength. Thank you that you are the one who's making a way today in Jesus' name. Let's sing together and you come as you have need.